Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another Lion's Den with Seth. Hopefully you're having a great, great, great weekend. And this is the spot to be here at the Lion's Den. We talk about all things growth, development, leadership with action. If you haven't done so already, make sure you hit the share, share button. Stop acting funny. This is some good, good information. And we would love for you to give this to individuals that you know that can use it right on. All right, here it is. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in, make sure you go to streamyard.com forward slash Facebook. So your contacts and comments, excuse me, and contacts don't matter if you want, you know, say, share that, make sure that you go there so that your comments can pop on up. Y'all, we're going to have a great, great show y'all. But of course I cannot do this without my crew. Yo, what's up? What's popping, man? Man, the weather is getting good out here in Tennessee, bro. Bro, yeah, it's feeling good here, man. It's nice, man. You know what I'm saying? I've been. I've, it made me want to start doing crunches. You know what I'm saying? So I'm getting my shirt off for the uh, for the summer. Dog. Damn, you know what? So so <laughs> we, we was going here, right? Everything was good. As soon as you start talking about the gym, you know, you know what I'm about. Yeah, I mean, you you try me with with your fitness photos at ten o'clock in the afternoon. Well, and that's cool, you know what I mean? But sure. one day, one day you're gonna get it in like me for real. Man, if you don't shut up. But listen, <laughs> man, I had an opportunity, man, do a turn and burn. Went yeah. to the crib, hit Detroit, man, talked to my uh saw my grandmother, man, which was super dope, and okay. surprised her, you know what I mean, and my aunt. And then after that, I surprised my uh my little cousin, man. She turned 30. And this is the deal. So I was on the phone with her. And I was like, So what you doing for your birthday? Huh? I'm gonna go to the club, blah, blah, blah. You know, got a little Got her friends go, and what she didn't know is I was walking up. You dig, and so, okay. and then so uh, I was like, "Well, look, I'm gonna talk to you later." She's like, "All right, we'll tell everybody so I love them." Blah blah blah. Hung up, boom, came around the corner. She's like, "Ah, what are you doing?" You know what I mean? So it was just dope, man. Just being able to do that for family. You know what I'm talking about? Man. Turn the burn, come in. You know, it's good to be able to do what you want to do when you want to do it, man. bro. I'm telling and you, have the means. And, and but then that's what life's supposed to be about, man. You know right. what I'm talking about? Because you don't know how it's gonna roll out, yo. Big Larry, man, what's popping, man? Hey, what's happening, man? I hear y'all sharing y'all old retirement stories. It must be nice. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what time man. is coming, young man? Your time yeah, is coming. Hey, enjoy it. I got I got me a little comp day tomorrow, though. So, you know, I guess that's sort of like semi. Now that ain't nowhere near doing being able to do what you want to do. No, because well, hey, because look, sometimes you say, you know what? I think I want to take leave. Wait a minute, I know. You, what's yeah, leave? How about I just leave for you guys? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, real quick though, man, I want to send, send a shout out to my aunt, man. It's her seventieth birthday, and they got a celebration going on in her house right now. I would <laughs> love, you know. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! They live on, on Facebook, so I just shared it on my page. Man, she's seventy Happy years old. Birthday. She's like the grandma of the family, man. So it's a big deal. She got swamped with uh, gifts all week long from Amazon up until this moment. So she's just that sounds know, horrible. Don't fly around right now. No, no, it ain't. It's a good idea. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. List. That's what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, it was a wish list, and we sent it all. And she got everything she wanted on that wish list. So every day, three, four times a day, that doorbell's ringing. So it was horrible for her, but in the gist of the family, because family is all over the place, it was oh, a good so idea, man. It was. It, it was it's good to know that that people care about you and love yeah. you that way. Absolutely, when I said that, I was definitely being sarcastic. Oh, I got yeah, that's <laughs> to, have, to have people to have people combine, you know what I'm saying, and think about you on your day like that and have gifts Absolutely. just a reminder. Mm -hmm. Yep. So she, she's Absolutely. blown away, man, having a good time. Weekend was cool. I got out and man, I did some spring cleaning in the garage and cut the grass, man, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. Just a typical Sunday. You still cut your grass? I do. That's my therapy, man. For real. I put my headphones on, put my music on. I zone out, man. Man, I don't, I don't, I don't like to, I don't like to do all that. But hey, God bless you. You got to be done, right? <laughs> so let's. So look, y'all, we're getting ready to have an outstanding show, y'all. Um, better yet, I'll let Herm go ahead and get it in, man. So tell us about the show, man. And so you know, there's times, there's times all the time people hit me up. Hey, man, you need to get my get my person on as a guest. They mm -hmm. always, you know, they give me a long list of reasons of why. <laughs> 
You know what I'm saying? All the time. You know what I mean? Oh, it, it never fails. But my boy Tay, he hit me up and said, hey, man, you need to get my cousin on. Why do I need to get your cousin on? Then he sends me her resume. Then he talks about it. I'm like, dang, she seems like the real deal. Mm-hmm. Then I talked to her on the phone. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, she definitely the real deal. We got to get her on here. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just from the pre- pre-talk alone, uh, I, I know that she's going to give us the insight that we're looking for about being a woman that works in a male dominant trade i want everybody to give a, a warm welcome to uh, miss gabby there you go miss gabby welcome welcome how you doing this fine sunday i'm doing well thank you yes ma'am yes ma'am so you do your crunches <laughs> for the summer uh, look it's getting hot i'm not gonna lie i put on some real clothes the other day i said like, oh See, hey, 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 guess what? Hey, ain't no more time for the sweats. You did? Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm a tights. I'm wearing tights. And tights be forgiven, but you, you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, um, so first of all, thank you for coming on the show. And again, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't done so already, please hit the share button because this is about to go down. All right. So, Miss Gabby, Miss Gabby, Miss Gabby, please introduce yourself to our audience and to the Lions Den, if you don't mind. Okay, my name is Gabrielle. Um, I am a electrical foreman. I do uh, industrial commercial electricity uh, for the IBW. I'm out of local 613, which is in Atlanta. Um, I currently am the only woman foreman, I guess, for my company. I um, am the first uh, African-American woman apprentice of the year, which is like uh, valedictorian mm-hmm. um, through our apprenticeship program. I attended Boston University and I got a master's from NYU. And um, I'm a mom. And what else? I think that's it. See, no, no, that ain't it. That ain't nowhere near it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yo, I mean, just just super, super dope. What you gonna say? I think that's it. I don't, yeah. Let's get into it. Let's hit it. Let's hit it. Let's hit it. Larry, go ahead, brother. What you got? All right. So first off, we want to talk about what got you into the career field you're in. I understand you went to school and got all your your, your, your degrees, but what made you go into the electrician trade? Um, before this, I did asset management, which is the money part of mm-hmm. um, is the finance part of real estate, right? Of industrial real estate. So I don't know how many people know this, but um, when you have your pension and you have um, whatever financial uh, retirement savings you have, they take that money and they buy real estate, right? Because real estate has a a constant ROI. And so they can make a table out of it, right? And then they know that if you want to retire in 40 years, then we'll have X amount of money, we can give you the money. So um, I managed those properties, the portfolios that were in those properties, which basically um, you make sure that the property is being kept up, that the tenants are paying the rent, um, whatever build outs, which is a build out is just a construction project. And so I did it from the the office standpoint. So I was a C-suite executive. And part of the problem is that I did the, um, I did the, uh, the bidding process and I couldn't find um, contractors of color. I couldn't find contractors that were women. I couldn't find anybody who looked like me to come get some of this money, right? Like, where are y'all at? What, what is going on? Um, my dad was an electrician and he always was like, you should become an electrician. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of, you know, I'm doing pretty good, no thank you. And um, what happened was that I I got, I was married, I got pregnant and I was a stay-at-home mom. And so my dad came back to me and said, well, you make $0 right now. I think you can be an apprentice. And I was like, you know what, he's right. You know what I mean? Okay, I make zero dollars. I'm at the house breastfeeding. Okay. And so I applied. I took the test. And then it kind of snowballed into a career. Like, I thought I was just going to go to school and whatever, but you have to go to work. It's on the job training. And so it snowballed into a career um, as me as the actual electrician, right? Because my goal was to uh, create a, a, become a contractor, right? Become, because I'm black, I'm a woman, and um, I had the skill set. But I didn't have the um, foundational skill set of the actual trade. And so one of the things that um, my dad was really adamant about is the value added is the trade. And so you cannot 
partner with someone and you can't do the value added because that person has all the control. So you, you have to, you know, you have to become a trades person if you want to become a contractor. So, mm. man, man. So becoming an electrician, like your initial experience, right? You know, when yeah. we talked about earlier, how uh, in your introduction that you was you're the only woman foreman at your at your job. When you first started, you know, what was your first thought when you when you were on a site and you noticed that you're the only woman there? Um. One, which is this is seem this is gonna seem really like face, right? But there was no bathroom because nobody had to have a bathroom for me. Right? There was no so, so That's big when like, you gotta to go to the bathroom. Yo. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> but it, it makes it makes so much sense. Like really, you know, somebody yeah, take for granted. Nowhere, yeah. It was no there was nowhere for me to pee. So um that was like scary, right? Because it's like what I was an apprentice. I was a first year apprentice. There was no bathroom. So I was like, well, you know, I'll just use the bathroom in the trailer, which is like the, the head people are in the trailer. So I just said, well, you know what? I'll use the bathroom in the trailer. I won't say anything. And they'll get tired of seeing me and they'll get me a bathroom. Because mm-hmm. right? there's a real like hierarchy on a construction site. And so people who don't get dirty don't want to see the people who get dirty. Um, and they definitely what? don't want to share bathroom. Yeah, there's a real hierarchy. There's a real class hierarchy mm-hmm. on the construction mm-hmm. site. Mm-hmm. So um, I just didn't say anything, and I just went and used the bathroom, and nobody said anything to me. And then one day, um, someone was like, oh, can we help you? And I said, no, I'm just using the restroom because there's not one provided for me on site. Um, and they were like, there's not? <laughs> and so nobody had even thought about it. Like, no one had thought about that there was no... <laughs> Porta potty for me, right? So, and so that was uh, interesting. I guess coming to a site, and then um, I think I kind of just treated it like CrossFit because I was like I was breastfeeding at the time, and so um, I was a little overweight, and I was like, well, I can get paid to do CrossFit. I can dig a ditch, and like you know, they people are paying for this. You know, people are paying to move tires. I was moving like pallets and pallets and pallets of, of concrete. And I was like, this is just like CrossFit and I'm getting paid for it. This is great. You know, <laughs> it's not a big deal. So I didn't think of it. Um, I didn't think of it as being the only because I was so like engrossed in learning. I think that later um, it turned into a thing because I when I wanted to learn some more, it was, I was kind of nervous about that. Mm-hmm. So. OK, you know what? You, you said something that. Um that that was really uh that that stuck out to me you mentioned your father maybe four or five times all right mm-hmm. so and i'm i want to touch on that but one thing i want to hit on is do you think by having him in your life help you to understand uh the importance of not necessarily being a job snob what i mean by that is you wasn't afraid to get dirty said look i can go and do this boom boom boom, boom. i wasn't you know what i mean tell us about well that. i mean my dad provided for us through the trades right like we we lived a good life through the trades my uncles are tradesmen so while i went to college i went to tier one universities right whatever but that was paid for with blue collar money right <laughs> Whatever I had at that school was paid for by my dad waking up and going to work at five o'clock in the morning. So I don't think of the trades as less than. I have never thought of the trades as less than. Um, I do think that they are a vehicle, and and it's it's hard, right? It's it's a very weird thing because class in our society downplays blue collar work, right? It, it downplays anything that is not um, suit and tie. But I knew that my friends' parents made less money than my dad. I knew that, right? Like, so what? And and at, at the same time, there's like a level of intelligence in order to take something that is 2D and make it 3D, right? The, the level of intelligence that it takes to look at a piece of paper and build what is on that piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody can experience that now in Ikea, right? Ikea gives you a box. You trying to put something together. You talking about they gave me extra screws. They did not give you extra screws. <laughs> <laughs> you missing something somewhere. Oh, man. Something. And so, um, and my dad's like one of the smartest people I know, right? Like 
just really, really intelligent. So I never thought of it as less than or whatever. I just was like, well, this is the path, right? And the path is the path. And excellence can be at any, I don't know, like we, so our house, our model, right? Like is um, maximum effort, right? So we need to operate in excellence. I was an athlete, right? And actually, um, my brothers, we're all athletes, right? We, we all played on a collegiate level. We're athletes, right? But our house was, you are a student athlete. Mm -hmm. And so academics is just as important as mm -hmm. the, the athletic part because the athletic part is slavery. That That's slavery, right? You're using your body for money. That's slavery. And it's okay, right? As long as you know that you're really there to be a student. And so our house was really built around excellence and um, a learning capacity. And so I, I guess like whatever you're learning, you're just learning it, but just be excellent at it because excellence is always going to bring money, right? Excellence just has a, a way of bringing money to you um, because you're just the best at it. So I guess I just never thought poorly of the trade that oh, I never thought poorly of being dirty. I never thought poorly of um, working with your hands and um, not being a corporate person, like being a corporate person is cool. But most, as far as it's kept, most people in corporate America, because I used to fire people, that was my job too. <laughs> most people in corporate America are not making over 65, 70,000, mm -hmm. right? That, that threshold is a whole new set of human beings who are making mm -hmm. over 70,000. Because mm -hmm. when you when you organize that Excel sheet, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, the top down, most people are not making over 70. So, you know, people are looking down on the trades, but most people in the trades are making 90 to 100, right, average. Like, it's not... It's not a big deal. Wish I knew how to use a screwdriver, man. Hey, shut I, up. You can do it. I can show you. <laughs> I'll be out there quick, man. Bro. Question for you though, because um, okay. you you said you was married, right? Mm -hmm. How did how did your husband take it when he you you found out that you was you wanted to explore being an electrician? Well, like I was always the earner in my in my marriage. Uh, we met when we were seventeen. Okay. Um, and so I like I'm an earner. That's just who I am as a human, right? So, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. You said she, she, she big man, take little man, bro. Hey, <laughs> if I had, if I had one, right? I'm gonna lay it on. No, I'm joking. I'm not gonna lay it on. <laughs> no, <laughs> you so silly. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so it, it, it wasn't. It was kind of like he. Now he was upset. I think a little bit because he had finally gotten me into a position where I was a stay at home mom, right? And as a stay at home mom, I was not the earner, and that was the only time in our marriage that I wasn't the earner. So, you know. It was a little bit of a change. I don't think that he was not supportive. He did during our divorce call me blue collar trash. That hurt a little oh. bit. <laughs> wait, wait. Blue collar trash. Blue collar trash. Oh, blue this man trash. was butt hurt. What did you do yeah. with this man? Is it that you just didn't let him what, make the bacon? So you brought the bacon um, home. Did he not cook it? I mean, what the problem was? Well, I cook too. He can't cook, so he can't cook. Oh my God. You know See, what? Hold it, on. It wasn't. Hold on, wait. No, hey, hey Larry. Come look, on. Larry, look, you know what's about to happen. We might yeah. have to have this conversation. Did you, listen, did you cut this man PP off in front of him? Right. That's right. what I'm saying. You know, oh, what? You know what I'm saying. Down. I, no, so you know what? Seriously, to be honest, right? No. I don't, uh, my natural, like, home life, right? My home life, I I really don't want to make any decisions. I really am like, what's this cookie recipe hitting for? I don't really know. Like, I don't want to carry no bags. I don't want to do nothing. I'd be at the supermarket like, that bag too heavy. I don't know. That's the juice bag. I ain't trying to, you know what I mean? <laughs> no. <laughs> so in my in my private life, right, in my private life, I really, um, I really look to be um, submissive. Tra traditional like yeah. you know like i like a traditional i don't want to take the garbage out i ain't really oh. interested in a whole bunch of things that's going on I, like i you know like whatever and there'll be six oh. bags of trash in the house before my wife take it out yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying no. i'll be looking out like i guess i'm really the only one that's <laughs> hey hey i guess it's time i guess it's time for it to go out they just set up a whole nother bag next to the trash can next to the <laughs> 
I only do that with recycling. I do that with <laughs> real trash. I'll I'll take it out. But we gonna all talk about why I had to take it out. Like it's gonna be a conversation. Like, hey, babe. Like I took the trash out today. Did you notice? I I don't know. Like it was kind of crazy. I don't know. You know. So, but at work, I'm like ah. So no, I'm pretty traditional. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty traditional at home. I think that um our our marriage actually fell apart for financial reasons and not for earnings reason because he's a good he's a high earner like he is an attorney actually, um and it, it fell apart just because our um, viewpoint on money on, on finance on accumulation right was very different. And uh, we had a we had a child much later. I have an eight year old, and so we had a child much later in a, to our relationship. And so we had never combined finances. So we had a whole history without having conversations about future, mm-hmm. right? Because we we had never combined finances. You know, we started dating when we were seventeen. So it was like, hey, you got your rent money. I got my rent money. It was good. And so I w- we were living total different financial lives. Um, and on on paper, those financial lives would never have been married. Right. And so in um, me having a, a child, it kind of um, made it um, really, I don't know, I, I grew up, I grew up hand to mouth, right? I grew up humble. And so I really am like, I, my child is not going to start life like that. Like I have a plan for my baby and like this mofo is not going to be on part of the plan. So I was like, okay, I got to leave. So <laughs> um, in that that's where the marriage broke down and i don't think that um it it wasn't it was a conversation it, there were some radical actions that took place in order to um, make financial adjustments and then it, he wasn't really part of it because i think that pete you know not to get off into like marriage or whatever but i think that um in marriage there's always going to be a saver and there's always going to be a spender it's the gap between those two people that really causes a problem right if i'm packing lunch but you eating lobster for lunch i don't know if we can be together right but if if i'm packing lunch and you like oh i'm a pack but i'm gonna buy breakfast there might be some saving you know so that's what happened with my marriage but um i don't think he was i don't think he cared one way or the other um about what my career was per se yeah. Mm. So yeah. Okay. Well, look, ladies and gentlemen, look, we want to get y'all feedback. What do you think about the trades? All right. Do you think that it is, you know, above you or beneath you? Right. Do you think it's a dying field? Right. Y- y'all comment. Let us know what you think. Harm, Larry, man, what would y'all think, man? I mean, you know, is it something that is a dying? you know, uh, I'd say occupation, or is this something that women should try to gravitate to? What you think? I don't think it's a dying. It, it can never die because unless they do something with electricians, I mean, where they make it to where it's, you don't need a human body attached to it, it's going to always require some sort of human element. Uh, mm-hmm. I do think more, more, not just women, but even our young kids, these kids are nothing wrong with basketball, nothing wrong with rapping, being an actor. But I think having that fallback, or at least that alternate to, to you know, whether you're a star ball player or whatever, I mean, who says mm-hmm. you can't open up a business for your, for your guys, you know, and say, hey, I got yeah. this electric company. Boom, you run that. I'm still going to get my money off the, off the back end, but I got something open for you. Or you, you know, need some finances, something up front. Hey, I got you so that I'm feeding, you know, my boys from the hood, however you want to look at it. So, I, mm-hmm. I, man, listen. When I joined the Air Force, that was one of the things I wanted to do was go into HVAC. I wanted to learn how to do HVAC, but I ended up going a different route. You did. So, so I, what you think, I to learn trade. Oh, uh, I man, Clarksville, Clarksville, Tennessee, the city that I'm living is going through a housing boom where there's houses getting built everywhere. So that tells me trades ain't dying no time soon. You know what I mean? We all got to live somewhere. We all need electricity. We all need HVAC. You know what I'm saying? We all need plumbing. So I don't see how anybody could ever think um, trades are dying. But what I do want to talk about, especially in the next segment, is do we think that we're close to seeing a work site where the majority is women? And how would that look? You know, mm, in yeah. Gabby's, in Gabby's opinion. Right. Absolutely. And listen, shout out to everybody that's watching. Hey, y'all, let us know where y'all watching from. Okay. And we want to give y'all a shout out and say thank y'all. So we do have a question up here uh, by Miss Shante. No, 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 no. That's my dog, Shantae. That's her cousin, right? Oh, that's like, okay. Okay. So Shantae. Okay. Got it. All right. So he says, all right. Is it best to be in a union or freelance type? 
of trade person? Uh, well, I'm a union electrician, right? I um, am a dues paying member of IBEW Local Union 613. And I believe that um, unions unions created the work life that we have right now so i would never suggest that people work non-union i would never suggest that um there no one benefits from non-union except for employers that's the only people who benefit from non-union um i think though the, the the part b to that though is that being in the trades allows you to also govern your own skill set so i am an electrician period right i work for the ibw period but if I want to make $125 by putting in a ceiling fan, I'll go put in a ceiling fan, right? By For somebody or whatever, right? And so I think that um, being in the trades allows you to not have a cap to your earning. Yes. Because I can make as much money as I feel like making by working because I have a skill set that is in demand. So my skill set doesn't change based on who is writing my check. Um, I definitely think that um, non-union tradespeople are at a, um, I don't know, like I think that I think that they don't realize it, but their salaries are much lower, right? Their benefits are much lower and then they can't travel throughout the country. So my, I have a ticket, I guess, let me see if I can find it. Um, union, union members, we have a ticket and it's like, um, I guess our pass, right? So if you talk to a person and they're in the trades and then you say, oh, you know, it's called ticket bumping. And so you get to see if the person is living with they are talking because you get to see how how much money people have paid up on their dues. Right. Or if they're behind or if they paid their death benefits. Um, and it's. What? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a pass. Right. So, Jeez. you know, we don't just. Yeah, you can't just become a union electrician and then be like, I'm never going to pay again, right? Like, I pay my dues, let me, this is my dues receipt, and I keep it in my wallet. So you have to keep it on you because if you meet another tradesperson, it's how we know that we are talking to each other, right? And there's a level of respect that I have for a tradesperson that is a dues paying member. It sounds like, listen, y'all, um, <laughs> you. Yo, it sounds like a a a, a damn like like a like a yeah, mafia or Illuminati, like a fraternity or sorority. Well, or so it is. We take I take an oath, right? We take an oath, and our oath um, is to uphold the interests of our union. So we literally swear oath. I I swear oath in order to be part of this union, and so my actions should be to that oath. I think though that a lot of times people don't like that, right? They don't like having accountability, but they want the benefits, but the accountability. Oh, and that oath is the accountability. So if I see another trades person and they are a ticket, they are a dues paying member, I don't care what trade you are. If you are a dues paying member and I see you and you need help, I got you, right? Because we are dues paying member, this is it. So it's funny, uh, I got a new car and uh, it's American, right? I got a Buick Enclave. And so, um, people are like, oh, why'd you get a new car? I was like, well, it's a union-made car. So I can't buy stuff that's non-union because that's against my oath, right? My oh. oath is that I support <laughs> union workers, right? So if I support union workers, I can't make a large purchase that is non-union. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, about it. You know, yeah. and that, that's super dope. And But here, y'all, look, we're getting ready to go into the... Um, going to the break, but I do appreciate what you said, because I think that part of accountability, individuals don't want that. They're more attracted to the autonomy of doing whatever it is that they want to do. But again, to your point, they want the benefits of that and say that they're in the in crowd and real talk. They're not about that life. But look, ladies and gentlemen, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a pause for the cause. If you haven't done so already, please make sure you share this, y'all. We're going to be talking about a little bit more than just the trade work. But how do you get your mind into the space of being able to elevate, right? And surround yourself with the right people. So don't go anywhere, y'all. We will be right, right back. Monique Slater is a top negotiating award-winning real estate agent in San Antonio, Texas. Her focus is on educating and empowering individuals on building general wealth through home ownership while providing exponential service with integrity and excellence. Although her heart is for serving first-time homeowners and the military community, her clientele ranges from $100,000 to $2.5 million. 
Monique has developed an awesome team that can get anyone into a home and has sold homes in less than six hours. After servicing the Air Force for over 28 years, retired Chief Slater has a massive network so she can connect you with an awesome agent anywhere in the U.S. And if you're in San Antonio or relocating there, give Monique a call first to help you find your dream home. Give Monique a call at 210-237-7268. One thing we can cherish during these times is family dinners. Think about it. The nice, succulent, southern fried chicken, baked beans cooked to perfection, creamy macaroni and cheese, cornbread. You get the point. Come check out Kevlar's Grill, where all the meals are cooked with perfection, professionalism, and love. Located outside the Scott Air Force Base back gate inside the VFW is where you can find them. Also, they have military discount for all of our serving members. Give them a call. Their number is 618-416-5700. And that's inside Scott VFW Post 4183. And they also have Grubhub. Call them now and tell them that the Lions Den sent you. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Seth with the Lion's Den. Are you or someone you know looking for a tool to help them be more accountable? Check out the Black Collar Mindset, the art of strategic thinking. It's a manual to help maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable every step of the way. Go to theblackcollarmindset.com to grab your copy today. Again, the website is theblackcollarmindset.com. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Let's get it together. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Lions Den. Fellas, fellas, what you think, man? Fellas, what you think? What you think? Well, I like it, man. So far, so good. Getting inside on this whole trade business, especially not knowing about they had the, the car, the ticket, the check your status type deal. Yeah, I never would have known anything about that. Um I think it's interesting, you know what I'm saying, talk, having this trade talk from a woman, you know what I mean? And I, I, I'm i really interested to see, you know what I'm saying, more of her experiences and what males might, how she feels males perceive her on the work site mm -hmm. and uh, getting to that conversation, you know what I mean? Because uh, it's got to be quite inter interesting, you know what I'm saying, when you think about the dynamics of what, what goes on out there in the quote-unquote field. I mean, you guys should know. Y'all were CE. I was in the kitchen for yeah. my career. So let's yeah. get into that combo. Yeah, yeah, man. Same here. And then also, too, man, I think that it's important to, to touch on how she said being protected, growing up being protected right. was and how she carried herself a certain way. And that's what she expect. You get what I mean? So, but ladies and gentlemen, I want y'all to give it back up, bringing back Miss Gabby to the stage. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, and look, also, too, shout out to everybody that tuned, that's tuning in. If y'all sharing this, we appreciate it. Hey, shout out to uh, Bluxy, right, Mississippi. I see y'all in Sh uh, Shiloh and St. Louis. Wherever y'all at, let us know, right? We'll give y'all a happy, happy shout out, right? Because we appreciate y'all and what you do. So, ma'am. Oh, my goodness. You know what? Go ahead, Herm. I want you to uh, to hit that question up, man. Hey, so in the pre-talk, in the pre-talk, we, we spoke about how males probably perceive you on the workforce. And uh, I'm actually taking a little bit of Larry shine right here because it was a speak uh, talk about how, you know, males might have seen you as this is the reason why she came up or she got that because of this. Can you speak a little bit about that, the difficulties that you might have had to uh, navigate through being a, a female, especially a black female? in that in this career field about what people might think about you in certain instances uh-oh you're muted uh, there you go sorry about that um i i think that a lot of times when women come to male dominated spaces to work right um there's a perception that we're not going to work um especially as a physical job so that we're physically less than um, and so we're not going to work or we came to find a husband or I don't know, right? All these preconceived notions. Um, so I think that when I arrived, I'm sure people thought that I was not going to work. 
um, that I kind of was just going to be kind of dainty and um, cutesy um, and maybe for the streets, right? Because there's, there's, there's an element of that as well that happens. Um, and so it, it, I'm not. So those things kind of fell by the wayside uh, for me. And I just started working and excelling. Um, I think that my natural disposition is to work very, very hard. So it's not ever going to be a situation where I'm not doing the most, right? Like I'm going to do the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I came to learn the job. And so I didn't want people to do the job for me and the physical aspect, right? Because I, I think that sometimes people don't know what it means to be an industrial electrician, but I'm literally building a building, right? I'm building the infrastructure. The, the, the electrical part comes way later, right? The first part is building the infrastructure that will allow me to then pull wire and, and you know, um, make taps and create electricity. But there, there's an infrastructure part that happens. So I'm digging ditches, I'm running pipe, I'm um, just doing all kind of heavy things, right? Um, on a slab, I usually do slab work. Um, slab work is when there is no building and you're creating the building, right? So um, that's one of the most difficult types of construction work because you're out in the elements. Um, there is no elevator. There is no. So you're carrying. I'm carrying bundles of pipe. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, there were times where I would pick up a bundle of pipe, and the whole slab would get silent, right? Because I would pick up two bundles of pipe, which is you know, they're heavy, right? It's 200 feet of pipe, and I pick up one. It get, get a little quiet. I pick up the second one, everything gets silent, right? <laughs> so it's like, like oh, I'm gonna do my job. Like, I don't know what to tell y'all. Um, so yeah, so I would say that. I do think that um, men also want there to be a wage ghetto for women, right? Mm. So if there's a wage ghetto, then you don't have to fight that hard for your position just because you have a penis and you will make $100,000, right? But if there is no wage ghetto. I've compared a lot to when um, black people started playing basketball. You ever remember that? Like, mm-hmm. it used to be a peach basket, and there was a whole bunch of white guys, and they were kind of, they were okay, mm-hmm. right? Not very athletic. But as soon as black people started playing, you had to be really good to play basketball now, mm-hmm. right? You weren't just going to start because you were six three. That wasn't going to be mm-hmm. baseline. And I think that's where we are in construction as well, where it's like being a man is not enough. Mm. Right, you don't have to be excellent too. So <laughs> I think that's scary for everybody. Like I, you know, I understand the fear. Like I'm not, I'm not. Um, I guess I'm not naive to that, right? Because I understand the fear. I understand the fear of not being able to feed your family. Like I understand that. So you know, there's gonna be a little bit of animosity, I guess. Let me go No, no, it makes sense. Go ahead, Larry. Yeah, so I was going to ask you the question about the culture, but you kind of already hit on it. The transition coming from corporate America into the construction piece where you're like, no kidding, on the job site in the elements. My military career is the opposite of yours. I was in the elements when I started off, and then I went into the office space. And going into the office space is different because I can't say and talk and do certain things because now I'm around, you know, the higher up. So, be, you know, it's different than being with the with the guys or the gals that's on my flight where there's no higher up. So my question to you is, is you kind of spoke on it a little bit, but I want you to really go into details about the culture that you experienced. Like, did you feel like you had to put on a mask and like excel and be, I know you say you excel anyway, cause that's what you strive to do. But do you feel like being the only female on that site, like you really had to prove yourself to be accepted by the other guys? Well, I think, I no. How can I say this? I don't. I can only do my best, right? Mm-hmm. And I really operate in that space where I leave it all on the field. So if it if my best is enough, it's just not enough, right? Because sometimes you are in a situation and you gave your best and it wasn't enough, and you just can't compete, right? So I don't feel as though I need to put on for the city. Like I'm gonna put on, and it's you know if it's enough, it's enough. If it's not, then I understand it's not the place for me. Um, I think from switching from because I was in finance and finance is also male dominated. I think switching um, actually it wasn't so different, right? There's just no HR. So men in general, I don't want to you know act like all men, 
Like I try not to speak in totality. But when you get clusters of men together, they kind of act the same, right? So they act the same. Um, there is a sexuality violence, right? There, there's a, there's a, there's a penis as a weapon element for the lower ones, right? Wait and a minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So for mm -hmm, the the lower the skill set, the more the more violence you're going to experience. So mm. when a guy wants to hypersexualize me, I immediately know he's probably a shitty electrician. Gotcha. Right, so it, it, it that's just the way it is. In finance, it's the same way. The dude who is throwing up the least numbers wants to sexualize me, right? Because that's the only difference that we have, right? The only difference that we have is that I'm a woman and you're a man. And so um, a lot of women don't have uh, the comfort level of being a sexual human. And so there's a shame, right? There's a shame that comes with womanhood and sexuality. I don't really have that. Like if I'm a bust a wide open, I'm a bust a wide open. Okay, whatever, like whatever, but you know what I mean. Okay, but um, so you can't really shame me. You can't say things. To, yeah, you can't say things to me that are hypersexual, and then I shrink back, right? Because there's a lot of penis talk, and my favorite line after there's a lot of penis stuff, like everybody's talking about their penis, but ain't nobody pulling them out. Like, what's up? You know what I mean? Like, let's see, like. If we're gonna measure dicks, let's measure dicks. And if we can get it all we can get it out in the open, right? We all know that you're not gonna pull it out. But it's a whole bunch and when I say there's a whole bunch of dick talk, I mean actual penis talk, right? There's a, a lot of, you know, hypersexualized conversation on a construction site. Yeah. But nobody's doing nothing. So shut up and do your job. Right? <laughs> like, you know, but a lot of women get like skittish about that, right? So it's like, oh, you know, he told me to suck his whatever, right? <laughs> and, um, Hold on, wait a minute. And they need some Sark training. Oh, it, it, please. Hey, they don't know what that is. No, there's no HR in construction. Right. Like, and that's what I'm and, and so it's yeah. it's so so it, it got my HR uh tingling. So I'm like, wait a minute, what type of right. conversations no happening no over HR. here? They, they talk about go pull yeah. it out. Bet you won't. You know what I mean? What did y'all do? I bet you won't. And you know, I mean, it's really the wild, wild west. I think it's the last frontier of a workplace where there is no oversight, right? There's, mm -hmm. there's really no oversight uh, because um, I, I'll say this too. And, and like I say, like, because I'm a woman, um, I think that people think that I'm experiencing things that people aren't experiencing, but there's a hierarchy within men, right? So the same sexual violence I'm experiencing, the lower men who are quote unquote, not manly enough are also experiencing the same sexual violence. Mm. So I don't think that, I think that men don't complain about it. And so when you think sexual harassment, you think there's gonna be a woman. But I've seen some crazy things happen mm -hmm. with men who, <laughs> you know, dominant men versus subservient men. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Right? yeah. And I'm like, you really let him touch you? Like, right. that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's like hazy. Terry Crews on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hazy. Yeah, so, yeah. It's yeah, hazy. hazy. And so that's what that's I'm trying what to say. Is. I think that I think that when we talk about it, we we always think that there's mm -hmm. female and male, but no, there is there's certain kind of man who is going to be aggressive and he is going to use his penis as as a weapon, right? And so the the jokes and the um and the abuse is going to be sexual in nature. Right. It's scary. Right. Because I, I think that, you know, I'm not a small woman, um, but it, I'm still a woman. Right. So if this big dude is like talking about he's going to do whatever to me, then there's a possibility that he's going to win. Right. <laughs> it's a possibility he's going to win. And so now you have to navigate that situation, I think, um, in a way that still allows you to do your job. And maybe that's the difference. I think of corporate America or whatever that you can probably go to HR and the HR talk about it. But the the consequences for going to HR are still the same as they would be on a job site, right? Because in reality, the complainer is going to be dealt with more than the person who is the aggressor, especially if the aggressor is a producer. So mm. that that's really what you have to think about. Like, is this person who's harassing me? Are they a producer or are they not a producer? So if they're a producer, I'm gonna handle it one way. If they're not a producer, I'm gonna handle it another way. Cause you know, I also think there's a lot like prison. It's a you know mm -hmm. where you gotta pick the biggest one, and then you gotta stun them. 
And I'm going to sell you. Like, I don't have a problem with doing it, right? Like, I had no problem with doing it because you came for me. I didn't come for you. So there's that. Um, I, I do think, though, that if women want to enter the trade, they're going to have to kind of build up their tolerance for Thanks, shit man. talking. Yep. For shit talking, right? Because men are talking to each other that way. So when you enter into someone else's home, right? And for all intents and purposes, I don't think that construction is a male job, but I do think it's male dominated. So you enter into someone else's home and you're expecting the culture to change for me, right? If it's 500 people and I'm only one and I expect the culture to change for me, that's probably not going to happen as fast as I want it to happen. So now we have to say, well, were they talking to me? You know, because a lot of stuff we get stopped if you mind your business. You know what I mean? <laughs> They were not talking to me. I didn't have nothing to do with it, whatever. Um, and then at the same time, you just put your foot down, right? Where it's like, you can't talk to me crazy. You can't have a sexual conversation with me because I don't do that, right? You you just can't. I don't care what your wife does. I don't care what your girlfriend does because she's not me. So, mm -hmm. you know, I can't just come to work or whatever. And then you also have to like perfect walking off. You have to do that, right? Like you have to be able to say this conversation is for dudes. They get in a way too graphic for me to be a part of this conversation. Because even just standing there is complicitness, right? So mm -hmm. I need to walk away because I don't want them to think that I can ha they can have this conversation with me. Mm. You know, so there's that. From that. I think that the nature of being in a in a male dominated place the conversations, you know what? It's a lot like comedians, right? Like you have your levels of comedian where you have your comedians that only tell sex jokes. Then you have your comedians that tell like race jokes. Then you have like mm -hmm. the social commentary. I think it's a lot like that, right? So you got to say, okay, well, I don't want to hang with this kind of person. Or I don't want to hang with this kind of person or whatever. And then also just finding people who are doing their job in excellence. Because a lot of times the people who are doing their job in excellence do not um, yeah. No, they don't talk as much, and they definitely don't talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah, they got a respect for the whole workplace. So, yeah. so my follow-up question to that would be: We talked about it backstage, where you were talking about for I don't want to say just for you, but for women in that trade, that you may have to watch how much you smile and giggle at jokes and things like that because you don't want to get this perception. Uh, you want rumors to start. Can you kind of hit on what you were talking about when we talked about backstage? Um, I, I think in general, I'm a naturally happy person, right? Just in general. So mm -hmm. I'm usually smiling. I'm usually, I got a joke for you. I have a really good memory. So I'll remember that you went on vacation or I'll remember whatever. But the issue is that we're not friends. And so I need to be able to have a level of um, aloofness that you don't know anything about me, even though I was very nice to you. And because the, the comfort, because we work in an environment where you are very close to people, you are, your body is moving, right? Like you are in prone positions, right? Like your body, I don't, you know, I don't know how much people really recognize that when you're building something, right? You are bent over, you are straddling to somebody, you like, you are close, you are touching each other, right? To help each other build something. It's heavy. The stuff is heavy, right? And so I need you to know that we're not cool. Like, you don't know me. So don't don't uh, don't think that we about to have these extra uh, private conversations. Don't think that I'm going to stand around while you um, corner me kind of thing, because I think men use their body as intimidation. Right. So there's a lot of like getting you in positions where you can't get away from somebody. You know, what right. I mean? it's like weird. Um, and so I really try hard to not get in those positions where I'm if I don't know you. I don't talk to you, right? Like, I'll, hey, how you doing? But I'm not stopping. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not getting into um, conversations with strangers. And even if I'm, if I'm standing in a group of people that I do know, right, and I feel comfortable with, and somebody I don't know walks up, then I walk away. Because the conversation can turn at any point, and now we having this, like, super intimate conversation, and I'm a part of it, and I don't want to be a part of it. So, you know, I, I think that that has really worked for me. You know, I don't know what other women are doing on job sites or whatever, but that has really been um, a good place for me to be, right? To be nice and, you know, whatever, but not approachable. 
Well, <laughs> you know, like, don't, you know don't do that. no, no, no. I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, sometimes individuals take that as you just being an asshole, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and like you just being standoffish. But no, it's not that. It's just I have a clear, defined boundary. Right. That I'm here to do a job. I'm not here to placate. I'm not here to do A, B, C and D. And that does not mean that I don't want to have a good working relationship. But the unfortunate part is, and maybe you can talk about this. The unfortunate part is, is when individuals don't play that game. If you get what I'm saying, right? If, if mm-hmm. they're not, they're not uh, laughing when the quote unquote alpha is making a joke because that alpha individual male or female has a direct impact or a better working relationship that they have a certain level of influence, if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. With the, you know, either department head or even a foreman or whatever the case it is. So it's kind of expected for you to giggle. It's kind of expected for you to come to this, uh, this, 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 this potluck that you really don't want to go mm-hmm. to. You get what I'm saying? How do you navigate around that? But I think that's why I, I really just try to master the step off, right? So it's not that I'm not, I'm not even there to laugh. I wasn't even there for the joke. So you don't know if I find it funny or not, right? Like, and I'm actually really hilarious. Like in general, I'm a funny person, but I really just try hard to not even be there when things turn crazy. So it's like, oh, Gabby wasn't there. You missed that, girl, you miss everything. Yes, I do. I miss it because I'm working. You know what I mean? So I think that, um there is, I, I promise you that most of the people in senior management do not want to see you standing around telling jokes anyway. That's like, uh, you know, for us, uh, work hours are really important, right? So we price our job by how long something will take an efficient journeyman to put in. So if the efficient journeyman starts telling jokes and a joke takes 15 minutes, that's a quarter of an hour. That's very expensive, right? <laughs> because he's usually holding up uh for other journeymen, right? So now you really eating into the to the cash, right? So mm-hmm. really, you don't want to be a part of that anyway. Just from a, a optics, right? Just from optics, you don't want to be part of the laughing crew to start with. Um, but I also think that I really my work product is excellent, right? Like I'm I'm not I'm not humble about that. I don't I don't uh, bite my tongue about it. It's excellent. And so it's undeniable. You can't, you might hate me. There's a lot of people who hate me. Like, I'm not going to act like people don't hate me. They hate, not me personally, but they hate who I am, right? Like, I am a black woman. But I'm an excellent electrician. So they'll call me too, right? Because when you get stuck, you get stuck. And like I said, the the work hours are ticking away. You got to get an answer, right? (laughs) So there are people who actually, you know, can't stand me. You know, that's okay. Mm. They give you a call anyway. You you just um, you just opened my mind to something that makes a lot of sense, and it it tells me why Larry got out of CE. I didn't know that them dudes was out there straddling each other like that. So Larry, <laughs> 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 why I got out. Yeah, I see why Will stayed in there, stayed in the me, fight, man. Me and her had the same attitude. We weren't playing them games. I'm out of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Hey, man. Well, you know you ain't got to screw nothing in that bag. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny um, that men men sanitize it by calling it horseplay. Nah. I, no, I'm not saying yeah, yeah. yeah. It's sanitized and, and men call it horseplay, not but it's kid. sexual harassment. And so it's crazy, right? Because the, the jokes, the horseplay jokes, it's a lot of feely feely. It's a lot of grappling. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of touching. Right, but they call it horseplay, and it's not horseplay. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't find anything funny about it. <laughs> right, so that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I think the sanitation of it for men, right? When you're dealing with a whole group of men, they don't want to talk about the weird part of it. But I'm like, that's really kind of weird if you really think about it. <laughs> like, why are you touching it? I do have a question about. About something I wanted, but again, props to you, Lay, for getting up out of there. Um, <laughs> being being a foreman, right? For people that are not in trades, what does that mean? And you you said you're you're the only black female foreman. I'm the only female. Only female. Yeah, right. Only female yeah. foreman. 
So what, what what does that mean? And when you got that position, how did things change for you? And how did you know what I'm saying? How did, how did, how did that, that dynamic switch? Well, so a foreman um, is the person on the job site who is running the job site, right? So you are you get the prints, you interpret the prints into um, into power needs, right? And then you say, well, okay, these are the needs that we have, and this is the infrastructure that needs to be built in order to make that happen. And then uh, every morning I have, well, I do it for a week, right? But every week I have a goal set in order to make sure that I meet my dates. So I have dates that I have to meet for inspections. And so um, basically I choose the people that I think are best at whatever job I need done, and then I, explain to them what I need done and then they do it. Right. So that's how that, that works. Um, so it's field, right? So there there's in construction, there's a field person, the person who's actually on the job site and putting in the job site. And then there's back office support. And so my back office support would be the engineers would be um, prefab would be manpower. They, they would offer me all the support that I need in order to get the job done in the field. Um, when I became a foreman, I, I've been work, running work since I was like second year apprentice. So it wasn't really that strange for people to um, take direction from me. But um, what I did notice was different was that other women in the trades came to me to say, well, how did you do that? You know, that kind of thing. So um, people were more interested in that. How did I do it? Right. And like what steps did I take? I think um, I haven't really run. And I'll, I'll be honest. I don't think that my experience is normal. Right. But I haven't run into situations where people didn't want to be um, under my direction, mm. um, mostly because the journeymen that I had are the best journeymen in our local. Right. And they vouch for me. So when they once they vouch for me, nobody is going to say any different because they wouldn't put their reputation on the line mm. for no bullshit right you know what I mean so it's like people are like oh well such and such said you were dope so fine I'll work for you or um I just put it I just built um a google a google office building right and so I call people to come off the road which was a big deal right it's a big deal to call people back home because you make a lot of money on the road so I call people and I say, hey, I need you and I need you to come home, right? Like, I'm, I need you. And so they came off the road and it like, it turned into this big deal. Like, how did this little black girl call journeyman and get them to come home and work for her for less money, right? And I think that part of the problem, part of the issue is one, I was their apprentice. So um, they are vested in my success, right? Mm -hmm. But then two, I really, as a foreman, I try hard to not ask anybody to do something that I would not do, right? And if I get into a situation that I think is a little too sticky, I'm gonna do it myself, right? I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna make you risk your life, and I wouldn't risk my own life. I'm really, really careful. I plan out jobs very carefully. I don't, I don't play around with people's safety. You're gonna go home exactly how you came here, right? And that's really important. I think sometimes people don't realize that like our job is so dangerous. Right. That's what when we when we come to work, we are hoping that we go home. Right. And so when you work under a bad foreman, you don't know if you're going home because they didn't plan to work. So when you don't plan to work, you get in weird situations and stuff like that. So I think people trust my leadership. And then also, I really believe in collaborative leadership and I believe in servant leadership. So I trust your skill set too right you are a professional and so i'm i'm trying to be collaborative where i have the framework and our parameters and then i'm saying the art part is up to you though right like there's a part of our job that's art and the art is up to you but these are our parameters and this is what i want to see and then also if we get to a point i'm not asking you to solve problems for me right i work a lot i, I work really hard and so i'm not asking you to solve the problem i solve the problem right i've done the job and so now I need you to do that. So I think that like people respect my leadership style. It's also very different than uh, most foremen. I think some of it is because I'm a woman and I don't have um, the ego part involved. And so there's, it's not like a situation where I feel like I gotta show you I'm better than you because I don't actually think I'm better than you. I think we all are bringing some skill set 
to this to this collaboration, right? We are a team. I, I play sports all my life, and so I really think that everybody is bringing something. Not everybody's going to be, you know, a wide receiver, right? Sometimes they don't call for a wide receiver. Sometimes I need to get blocked, right? I need somebody that's going to run some D for me, right? So mm-hmm. I, it, it's like, you know, everybody has a position and it's up to me and leadership to understand someone's stress and then mold them to that strength. And I think that that is why I'm a good foreman, you know? And also, like, this is funny, right? But people love pizza and wings and I'll buy pizza and wings. Like, I got you, right? I'm there but, and already. Yeah. Exactly. And I pay for it out of my own money, right? Because I make more money than them. So I pay for it out of my own money. And and the reason why I don't use company money for it is because I'm saying thank you. Do you know what I mean? Like the thank you is coming from me. It's coming from my pocket. It's not coming from, you know, the company or whatever. This is coming from me. I'm grateful for y'all. And so because of that, my team is usually dope. They usually go to the end of the world for me. And we change all the time, right? It's, project based mm-hmm. so we change all the time and so it, it's a running joke in our company or whatever where everybody's like how, how why everybody want to work for gabby why everybody want to and i'm thinking if you just buy some donuts you know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get some people together so yeah i don't think it's been difficult for me from that standpoint i do have um, a mentor that was very difficult for her um but i think that her management style is different than mine and her and i talk about this a lot uh because you you know, she felt like she had to prove herself. She's older than me. Mm-hmm. So I think she came in at a different time as well. Mm-hmm. And so she felt as though she had to prove herself. And so she got into these like weird contentious relationships with the guys. And I'll tell you, I, to be honest, something I have noticed that, you know, men will break you. That's really it. Even if they don't say anything, even if they say yes, they really gonna break you though. They they it's like i'm mad and i'm i'm gonna break you i might not be bold enough to say it to your face but it's like i'm gonna make your life a living hell and <laughs> you, know what I mean? you won't get your job accomplished and that's something i noticed um just kind of watching like oh even with other men right where men talk to men crazy and then they wonder why they can't get the job done and so i really just try hard to speak to people with respect to respect people's skill sets um <clears throat> And then also not to beat my chest, right? Like I'm pretty accomplished. I'm pretty, um, I'm, I'm highly degreed. I have a lot of certs, but I don't bring it up because it's not germane to the conversation. Like I, we ain't talking about that. We talking about this four inch pipe. How you gonna do that? You know what I mean? And then bigger than that, I'm not strong enough to do some of the things that I need done, right? Physically, like I physically cannot do it, right? Um, I, there's like service and service wire is really, really big and I can pull it, right? But I cannot bend it to, to terminate it. Mm-hmm. It's very, very difficult. Like it'll take like four grown men to bend it, right? And so I'm not gonna talk crazy to you while you while you doing that. What I'm gonna do is like, would you guys like a water? Um, I got some ice. Can I can, can I help you in any way? You know what I mean? Like, do y'all need a fan? Like, what we need, right? Because in my my role right there is support because I cannot do the job even though I'm asking you to do it. You see what I'm saying? So, like, mm-hmm. I think that, like, there has to be a realization that some things I'm not going to be able to do, and I need you, and I want you to know that I need you. Like, please know that I need you. You know, <laughs> like, I'm not, you know, so. Um, mm. You know what? Yeah. I, I, I would say this, too, because we're getting we're getting short on time, but um, I, I really do think that <clears throat> we should continue this conversation in uh, not just another time, but tabling that and and what that looks like as far as a need and a want with individuals and if that makes sense right but hey larry man what you got man for your final word brother yeah final word is miss gabby thank you for your time taking the time out to join the show and provide that insight into your world the trade world that i am so humbly trying to get my oldest son into because he don't understand the benefits that come into it but also me I, I, i am but also what I want to point out is all of us, even the guys that's not on, um, have daughters. And so you are a huge influence when when I when my daughter would watch this. And she's not thinking about being an electrician, but knowing that she can. And there's someone out there that's already kind of paved that way for you. So yeah. thank you. Super dope. Absolutely. Go ahead, Big Herm. Straight up. Echo everything Larry said. You know what I mean? want to thank you for coming on, spending your time with us. Because uh, a lot of people don't really think about women in trades. You know, uh, I, I, I personally okay. know another woman that's 
an electrician, another black woman that I grew up with here. Um, you know, so I, I knew it was possible, you know, but we I never really talked to her about what her trials and tribulations were and being able to talk to you about it. You know, it made me appreciate more what you guys go through in, in order to provide us, you know, with our homes and, and other buildings. So thank you for coming on and, and sharing your life with us. Absolutely. And look, uh, before I give you your, your last moment, I just want to let any, everybody know we appreciate y'all being on and let us know if y'all think we should have a part two and redirect this conversation with Ms. Gabby, right? Y'all just let us know, put hashtag part two. So Ms. Gabby, what is one last message you would like to give to our audience? Um, that the traits are for everyone and that you can really make a different life for your family in the trades. So please, you know, sign up with your local unions. If you guys are interested in the IBW, um, you know, I'll check the chats or whatever, and I'll look for the local unions that are in your neighbor, you know, your city or whatever. But the trades are for everybody. It's not about being educated or not educated or whatever. So. Okay. Well, look, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on, ma'am. We appreciate it. Yeah. Man was dropping constant bombs. Bow, bow, bow. You know, I need to change my uh my, my sound effects, you know, because that was super, super dope. But thank you for being on. And most importantly, everybody that's watching right now, thank y'all for watching us being engaged and make sure you're here again next week. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe because we will be doing different things very 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 soon and we would not be able to do it if it wasn't for your support love and appreciation so whatever it is that you are getting ready to go do make sure you go do it and do it safely right on and if you need an electrician you know who to call right on right on we will see y'all soon one don't get left behind stay updated make sure to give a thumbs up and catch more on the lion's pride network